life uh, this evening. We're going to have a little conversation about who we were, what our lives looked like. Just want to explore a little bit. Um, so, what did I want to be when I was growing up is a big question in my life. And I've worked out that I, I wanted to be a great preacher and orator. I wanted to be a big Bible. So, this is, I've noticed lots of my church leader friends have started pasting. Um, Facebook cover photos looking very spiritual preaching. So I've come across the biggest Bible I could get my hands on. So I look more spiritual. And, and I just want to do <laughs> And then, so did, I think we caught that pause. And then this is the next one. Marlon, Marlon, Marlon. Is that, is, that, is, that, is, that, is it working? Okay, we're getting that one. So I'm just going to take those off the video later. Because then I'll look incredibly spiritual with a massive Bible. Except, I kind of, when I was a kid, that wasn't where I was going. It ought to be more like this. So I think that needs to be my cover, cover photo. Oh, Captain Scarlet, indestructible. Because I wanted to be Captain Scarlet as a little boy. I came across this book online. And I purchased it. It's the one I had as a little boy and I found it online, and I ordered it, and it's pristine. There's no writing in it. Mine had writing all over it, because I was going to be Captain Scarlet. And I sent off for it on eBay, and Julie doesn't know how much I paid for this on eBay. Julie will never know how much I paid for this on eBay, but it was from 1968. Can I just say, I didn't buy it. I was like, I've got it in the 70s, just so you know. What did I want to be when I grew up? This is the point where in the olden days there used to be a program called This Is Your Life and a guy would come on and, and he'd surprise somebody and he'd tell them all about their life, things that they already knew and we would kind of watch. Talk about when they were born and where they went to school and they'd bring on all sorts of people that they remembered from the past but they'd not stayed in touch with. And as a kid I used to think there was a reason they didn't stay in touch with them. Why wheel them out in, on national television? to meet these people again. What were their plans? What were their dreams? And, and even as a kid, I used to think, when they were little, what did they imagine they'd be doing when they were older? What did they imagine they'd do as, as adults? And, and I think I always want to know that question. It's one of those things where I look at people and look at what they're doing with their lives right now, what's happening with them. And I think, is that what you thought you would be doing when you were little? Is that what you planned being? Is that the person you imagined being? You know, did you imagine? Like, people, did they imagine they would stand there and their Facebook cover picture would be a picture of them preaching? At what point in their lives did they think, one day I'll be a preacher? Some of these have got fantastic ministries, by the way, and are amazing men and women of God. So I'm, not just, I'm just like teasing them a little bit, but I love them dearly because there's some great men and women of God there. But when I got my first toolbox for work and I did my apprenticeship, did I actually think at some point as a six-year-old, one day I will have my own toolbox? Was that kind of, at what point does life open up? At what point do we make these decisions? I want to look at that this evening. Uh, so I'd like us to read these verses um, from James. Uh, James is a letter that, that uh, James wrote um, a long time ago to some fellow Christians to help teach them and get them to understand uh, about living the Christian life. And this is what he wrote. And now I have a word for you who confidently announce, today, at the latest tomorrow, 
We're off to such and such a city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow, James says. You're nothing but a whisper fog, catching a brief bit of sun before disappearing. Instead, make it a habit to say, if God wills it, and we're still alive, we'll do this. So often we have these plans for life. What that's saying is we have plans for life. We imagine we're going to do all these different things. We imagine ourselves in a certain place at a certain time. But the truth is our life goes by really quickly. I mean, I'm still an incredibly young man, so I can't imagine being old yet. Um, but, wow, I've been married 34 years this year. I know that's hard to imagine. That, but I've been married 34 years. That is shocking. That I've been married so long and so much of my life has gone. And yet, I have loved every, don't get me wrong, I've loved every minute of it. It's been brilliant. I'm, I'm anticipating another 34. But what I can't get over is all the plans I had when I was 16 and got married, all the plans I had, suddenly, all those years have gone by. It's been amazing. I've loved every moment of it. But what plans did I have? What expectations did I have? What did I imagine I'd be doing right now? I want to read you some words um, from a song. And uh, that, that I'm, that I'll read the words. This is, this is about life. Uh, are you, this is your life. Are you, can't read the back up there. This is your life. Are you who you want to be? And these are the words from that song. Yesterday is a wrinkle on your forehead. Yesterday is a promise that you've broken. Don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. This is your life. And today is all you've got now. Don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. This is your life. Are you who you want to be? This is your life. Are you who you want to be? This is your life. Is it everything you dreamed that it would be? When the world was younger and you had everything to lose. Are you who you wanted to be? That's by a band called Switchfoot. Anybody know about Switchfoot? Come on, yes. Those that are no longer quite young, remember Switchfoot. That's a song called, strangely enough, This Is Your Life. Uh, The band are trying to get us to reflect upon the life as we have it now. Trying to say, consider the speed your life passes by. It's exactly the same message as in the message of James from the Bible. That your life passes by really quickly. We have all sorts of plans and expectations. Oh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to definitely do it today, but probably tomorrow. And you know that probably tomorrow never comes. And so we stumble into life. But God has a bigger picture than that. Adults love asking children, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Is this who you want to be right now? Is this your plan? Is this what you expected? You know, whoever you want to be, is your idea big enough for God? Maybe God has a bigger idea of who you can be, what he wants to do with you, where he wants to take you, than your idea of life. So, I want to ask a question this evening. Please feel free to shout out. What did you want to be when you grew up? An astronaut. Wanted to be an astronaut. A vet. A, vet. A, teacher. a teacher. What was the other one? Come on, shout up, shout up, go on. A journalist, journalist. A builder. What? Combat med. Oh, a combat medical officer. Like, oh, like, a, like an army nurse. That would have been a lot easier. 
School science tech. Who thinks it? Who grows up as a small child thinking, I want to be a school science technician? Seriously? Gordon Bennett. Oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a school science technician. To all the school science technicians watching on Facebook, I'm really sorry. I'm sure your lives are interesting. Um, almost inevitably, almost inevitably, children respond with the answers that reflect the values communicated by their parents. So it does surprise me that Chris wanted to be an astronaut, because I don't think his parents persuaded him he needed to be an astronaut. I think Chris had that kind of fantasy thing going off that I had, that I wanted to be Captain Scarlet. But we tend to communicate to our kids the values that we want them to have, the identity that we want them to have. Oh, I want to be a fireman, because my dad was a fireman. I want to be a nurse, because that's a great... I want to be a scientist. I want to be a scientist's assistant. Children pick the values that appear most exciting to them. And in our case, I think me and Chris had it right. We dreamed big dreams, didn't we, mate? You were going to the moon. You there yet? You need the medication that Neil's on. He's found it. (laughs) For the uninitiated, Neil's one of our senior church leaders. He's been very ill and he's on some very powerful medication at the moment that is helping him get better along with the Lord's blessing. And that is happening. We thank God for it. It's just very funny to watch. It's probably not funny to live with, but it's funny to watch. (laughs) Generally, the responses that children come back with reflect the values that their parents have have instilled upon them, or the toys that they've had, or the books that they've bought, something like that. Sometimes you see soccer mums at the side of the pitch. Rachel's the right soccer mum. She screams and shouts for her kids and cheers them on, and if you get in the way of it, wow, she's one of those parents that gets sent off from the sidelines. Okay, in every aspect, she's also, Rachel's not only a soccer mum, she's also a music team mum, and she's also a preacher mum, and she's in everything. She's like, these are my kids. She once said to me, I am mama bear. I am a lion. And she, okay. So clearly as a child, she grew up thinking, one day I'm going to be psychotic. <laughs> Can I just say, I am going to get so strung up at the end of this... Uh, I am so doomed. Rachel is a great mum. She's just very passionate about her children. As she should be. I am dead meat. When I grew up, I actually genuinely wanted to be Captain Scarlet. But I do remember my grandma saying to me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I wanted to be a gorilla. And I really, I really, really meant it. I have no idea why I wanted to be a gorilla or Captain Scarlet. But it does make me worry about my parents' values. Um, and what they were instilling in me. See, see, we chase, we chase, even from being a child, experiences and dreams and imaginations. So we chase big experiences and try to find the ready-made package. But what if God wants to build with you to create something new and something fresh where you are right now? You see, the dreaming of a child can become the dreaming as an adult or it can become the disappointment as an adult. But in God, I want to tell you, there's never a disappointment. In God, our, our dreams and our imaginations are never big enough. God can take us further. And that's the heart of what we're about. Well, I can make fun and tease a few people, and I can laugh about what we imagined we were as children, but God has something bigger. God has something infinite for us. And I really want us to take a look at this abundant living that the Lord has for us. 
Um, it's, it's written up behind me, just read it, you just look at that and imagine the, the implications of that statement. I've come that they may have life and life abundantly. Jesus offers us life to the full-on abundantness. Here's what the Bible says. Your plans are great. Your plans are great. But our Father, our parent, Father God, has an even bigger vision for your life. His values are pure. So the values that he instills into us as his children, the dreams that he can instill into us, are far greater than anything any human parent can bring. I I thank God for every parent. I'm a parent, so I do thank God for parents. Thank God for children. Thank God for all he can do. But you know what? We're designed to have a Father God. We're intended to have a Father God. We're intended to have sonship, to to be daughters of the living God. That's who we're meant to be. He has an even bigger vision for life. His values are pure and perfect and can be trusted. See, we may want to try to find experiences that thrill us and then fit the word of God into it. But here's something I want you to get hold of. The word of God growing in our lives gives us even greater experiences. So let me repeat that to you. We want to try to find experiences that thrill us and then fit the word of God into it. But the word of God growing in our lives gives us even greater experiences for life. Our God is incredible. He's totally invested in your life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He invests everything into who we are, into this world around us. Not just to us because we're special, we're Christians, we're better. No, not at all. For God so loved the world. He is passionate about every person that ever was, ever is, or ever will be. Jesus' heart for you is found in this prayer, your kingdom come. Because Jesus loves us not enough to save us, but to say, I want the kingdom of God, I want heaven on earth now. I want them to experience the reality of kingdom now. That's the vision he has for us. It's bigger than a vision for a job. It's bigger than a vision for a title. It's bigger than a ministry in church. It's a vision of being part of something huge, being part of something growing and alive. His kingdom come in our lives. That's his vision for our lives. That's what he wants us to grow up into, his kingdom come. See, you can chase the personal opportunity or serve a kingdom vision of God. See, personal opportunities are great. When opportunities come along, when a promotion comes along, when an opportunity to go and do something or experience something comes along, it's exciting and wonderful and you want to grab it with everything you've got. But what if... That means sacrificing something of God's vision for you. Because God's vision is infinitely bigger. You know, so often we want the immediate thing. So often we want to grab it now. There's all sorts of wonderful experiments have been done on children. Uh, I mean, not evil. Um, I mean, I'm, I, don't know, I don't know, kind of, you know, that's what the scientist, scientist assistants do, the lab technicians. They do the evil stuff. But they can sit with children and they can say, here's a sweet. If you don't eat it, when I come back, you can have two sweets. And if you share that sweet with somebody else, you can have three sweets. And the children kind of are left alone in a room with a sweet. <laughs> if I eat it, I've had a sweet. If I don't eat it, I get two sweets. If I give it to the other child at the other side of the room, I get to have three sweets. Oh, but there's a sweet immediately in front of them. You know what most children do? Eat the sweet. They've done it with monkeys, macaques, and they've done it with human children, and they get the same result, which tells us everything, doesn't it? 
Just imagine, in God, God is saying, be prepared, be prepared now. Yeah, you can grab that right now, but there's something bigger. There is something bigger. God has something bigger for us. I don't want to lose what God has for us. I don't want you to lose what God has for us. Because we can grab something instant and quick now. I know so many people look beyond a town like Barnsley. And they see perhaps more exciting things and greater opportunities. And lots of people, I'm told, lots of people leave Barnsley, go to university and never return. But here's the thing. That has always been said of places like this. There was once a time in Scripture where people looked at a town and they said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? People laughed about it. And people didn't go near it. And people left it to go to the capital city. But you know what came out of it? Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's a foundation place, a beginning place, a salvation place. And I believe we can look at a town like Barnsley. And people will say, can anything good come out of it? I've just been away on an amazing conference and had a wonderful and special time. And people were lovely and kind and respectful. It's dead serious. They were so respectful until they said, so where are you from? And I tried a little experiment. And I said, oh, near Sheffield. And people were really, oh, that's great. And then I said, Barnsley. And do you know what everybody does when you say Barnsley? So those of you not from Barnsley, listen, every person in this room, every person put a Lancashire accent on and said Barnsley, we're in Yorkshire. Nobody in Barnsley says Barnsley. I've never met anybody that says Barnsley like that. That's the first thing they did because what they're saying in their heart is, can anything good come out of Barnsley? I want to tell you, yes it can because God loves a town like this. God loves the least and the last and the despised and the rejected. And I believe that that's what the world has so often done to this town and many towns like it. But I believe God will have a people here. And I'm in good company with that because I'm really a nobody. But John Wesley said, surely God will have a people here. And I think John Wesley is good company to keep. He's a man. I think, you know what, if he said it, I'm up for it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's his vision, and that's his vision over this town. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. That quote is from Hebrews 2, verse 11. He is not ashamed to call people like you and me his brothers and sisters. That's something to grow up into. That's a vision to grow up into and a person to be. Get hold of this. Those who receive Jesus are totally family. They're brothers and sisters. And Christ sees in that way. His vision becomes our vision. And it becomes bigger than a job title. It becomes bigger than another location. It becomes this is the place God has called us. And his kingdom will be established in this town. And that's, that's an amazing thing that Jesus will be famous in this town. And people will look and say, wow, look at what Jesus has done. There's a bit of me who wants to imagine that all the people that over the years have left Barnsley will one day say, wow, I could have been part of that. When can I move back? We get to grow up into something amazing. You can ask the band to come back up if you would do, please. What I want us to get hold of this evening, in the midst of this, is to acknowledge that there is something we dreamed of being.
There's a vision that we had as children. There's a vision sometimes we have as teenagers, as young people. There's a vision that we have as older people. Sometimes that vision can wane. Sometimes we become defeated. Sometimes we become disappointed that the thing that we imagined as a child has never happened. I've got to tell you, I am still not Captain Scarlet. And as a, as a little boy, that pained me. But when I had a little boy and he was going to fancy dress party, guess what he went as? Captain Scarlet. And I put so much effort into his costume that somebody said, he can't win. They must have bought that costume. The best costume lost. So even my son didn't get to be the real Captain Scarlet. Church, whatever you are today, this evening perhaps you're with us and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What I want to tell you is, whatever vision you had, whatever dream you had, whatever hope or desire you had as a child or as a teenager or in your 20s and 30s and 40s, there's no limit to this. Whatever dream you may have or disappointment you may feel that it was never achieved, there is something bigger. There is something greater. And that the Lord has not finished yet. Because I believe absolutely when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, that you weren't excluded from that love. That you mattered individually. But you matter individually so that he can bring you into his family. Where you belong. Where his dream, where his vision, where his values can be established. Where in him something remarkable happens. And I just want to close by reading these words to you from 1 Peter chapter 2. It's a letter written by a guy called Peter to a church a long, long time ago. But the words are still true today. And they're familiar. And he says this over our lives. You may never be Captain Scarlet. You may never be an army medic. You may never be, Neil, I'm sorry. You may never be a lab assistant. It doesn't really matter as long as you've got a heart for the Lord because that's your true identity but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light once you were not a people but now you are the people of God once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy church we have a merciful God and he has made us somebody. And this evening, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can know him. You can be part of that family. So my final act tonight is to read a prayer of commitment. A prayer we pray when we give our lives to the Lord. And if you're a Christian already, if you're not a Christian, if you've never given your life, then just as I read this out, just say amen with me at the end. And that is the beginning of your discipleship journey. That is the beginning of your becoming part of family. Becoming a, a sibling of Jesus Christ part of his people so if you can why don't we stand together because as soon as I've read this prayer and said amen you can say amen out loud or inside come and talk to me afterwards if this is a commitment you're making the band are going to lead us in a final song and the prayer goes like this Lord Jesus I know I have done things wrong in my thoughts and words and actions There are so many good things I've not done. There are so many wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for those wrong things and turn from everything I know to be bad. You gave your life for me on the cross. Gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you to come into my life. Come in as my saviour to clean me. Come in as my Lord to lead me. And I will serve you all the remaining days of my life.
Amen. Amen.
Connection's corner.